so often in self-development and psychology and mental health and all these places. We look at the forgetting as this evil thing that's now come and <laughs> sabotaged us and taking us out of where we want to be. And a, another pattern is here. How long do we have to work with this pattern? But looking at it as if it has a purpose, understanding yes. that it's part of our deepening, it's part of our growth. I think that's a really powerful thing to talk about. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, it's in those more difficult moments or the moments of suffering or, or resistance to what's happening, the, the difficulty, the darkness, whatever you want to call it whatever the experience is and I think there's a scale on these experiences as well but without those how do we access the light how do we access mm. the deeper parts of ourselves that are waiting there to be liberated if you know there is something deep inside of you that is yearning to be seen to be known and to have expression if there's something you need to reclaim and remember, maybe it's your power, your purpose, your gifts, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Reclaiming Ourselves. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm honored to have three amazing co-hosts, Laura Shook Guzman, Belinda Hahn, and Emily Sikorsi, here with me on this journey to self-discovery. Every week, we're going to help you unravel and remember what it means to reclaim yourself, to own who you are, to recognize your innate worth and greatness. Now, this podcast is a deep dive into self-development, healing, and empowerment. So hold on. Here we go. Hello, and welcome back to Reclaiming Ourselves. I'm so excited for the episode that we have today. We're going to kind of explore and unpack a topic I love discussing, and I think it's a really important topic. And it's kind of around this idea that reclaiming ourselves is not like this consistent, constant process. It's kind of a a forgetting and a remembering and a forgetting and a remembering. And kind of it, we're going to sort of talk about the cyclical process of reclaiming ourselves. And I've got here today, Belinda Hahn, and I'm so excited to have her in the studio. So welcome, Belinda. Thank you, Sonia. And hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. This is one of my favorite topics, and I certainly have an embodied experience of forgetting as well as remembering. Yeah. And so maybe let's just start with sort of talking about this concept or this idea. So what does it mean when we say, you know, we forget and we remember? Let's let's kind of start with that. Well, I think remembering, for me, remembering is about connection to ourselves and our true selves. We can connect with our either okayness or our wholeness or our groundedness, spaciousness. And in that place, we are able to be more present. Compassion is naturally here. Uh, we're able to sort of make values aligned choices and we're able to sort of flow with life. And that doesn't mean that there's no, no difficulty. It just means that we're able to sort of allow it and meet the moment with whatever is required. And forgetting is is really when we forget that we are beyond the content of our experience and what, you know, our emotions, thoughts, what's happening externally. Beyond that, we have forgotten that underneath all of that, we are whole, complete, and we have an 
unlimited pool of joy and compassion within. And that that sort of takes us, you know, maybe we're triggered by something or we have some kind of difficulty or suffering and the little switch on our conditioning happens. You know, there's a threat response. We get hooked um, by, you know, past conditioning. We might do things that we don't really want to do that maybe is not values aligned or we can really deeply resist what what is happening in the present moment, whether that's our inner experience or our outer experience. And for me, so I'm still working with the duality of this because it's easy to say remembering is good and forgetting is bad. (laughs) And I have spent, because I have had both of those experiences, it's obviously easy, you know, natural to grasp onto the remembering because that's when you know everything's flowing and life is um, full of ease and to say oh I don't want to I don't want to be in forgetting so how do I quickly get back to remembering but forgetting is an inherent part of our our journey to remembering it's a transient transient nature of knowing our ourselves more deeply you know, our different mm. conditionings, the different things that still need to be looked at to uncover the joy. And what I've spent a lot of time trying to work out the formula to get from <laughs> forgetting to remembering. <laughs> I've got these beautiful visuals, <laughs> mind maps. <laughs> but, but what I've realized is that it just naturally arises once we surrender. Like once we really let go of our grip of things not being what we want it to be or yeah. we're not what we want it to be, then it just actually naturally arises. Yes, I agree. I mean, I feel like, you know, there's so many like frameworks we could use for this topic, right? You know, you can look at, we were in a space of responding, which to me is the, is the remembering, or we're in a space of reaction, which is, you know, the forgetting. And I think we can also look at it from like parts work, right? The self, the big self, the essential self is the remembering and the forgetting is all the protectors and the parts of ourselves that are activated and seeking to help us survive. Um, So I think there's like all these really wonderful ways in which we can explore and talk about this topic. But I love this idea that the forgetting has a place in this process, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's not the bad thing that happens or it's not just because we've had trauma or it's not just because, I don't know, all these ways in which we judge it or look at it. But instead, this part is part of the process that helps us deepen our understanding of ourselves, that helps us remember who we are even more. Like that is a really powerful way to explore it. Because I think so often in self-development and psychology and mental health and all these places, we look at the forgetting as this evil thing that's now come and (laughs) sabotaged us and taking us out of where we want to be and another pattern is here. How long do we have to work with this pattern, but looking at it as if it has a purpose, understanding that it's part of our deepening, it's part of our growth. I think that's a really powerful thing to talk about. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, it's in those more difficult moments or the moments of suffering or or resistance to what's happening, the, the difficulty, the darkness, whatever you want to call it whatever the experience is and I think there's a scale on these experiences as well but without those how do we access the light how do we access Mm. 
the deeper parts of ourselves that are waiting there to be liberated for us to become more authentic, to become more connected to what we genuinely want rather than what we have been conditioned to want or, or, or whatever. So without that, the forgetting, we can't actually deepen into the remembering. Yeah, I love that. And I think, you know, the other really important part of this topic, this conversation is that it doesn't stop, right? Like I think that sometimes we have this idea that one day we'll be enlightened enough. One day we'll be aware enough. One day we will reach some pinnacle of success, you know, our self-development or whatever that we will stop forgetting, right? That we'll stop reacting, that we'll be able to handle everything that comes our way. And and that's so unrealistic, right? And and I know I've had so many times where even though on one level I understand that, I still forget, right? And then I I get caught up in like striving for some place of ease that it will just always be easy and clinging to that remembering and clinging to that awareness and trying to really embrace that I will still have hard times, that like forgetting something and then moving to that remember it, it can be a really challenging process. And I don't think it gets to this place where it's all easy. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. And this is, this part of the conversation is really just an ongoing journey for me because I'm a proactive person, you know, who's always sort of been able to problem solve and all of that. And I, I remember the despair that I felt at different times because I have forgotten, even though I intellectually know I just need to surrender, you know, all of the the formula that I, in my mind I've thought this is the formula to get to remembering, but it's the the forgetting that the journey is it is never ending. It really is never ending. And we can have a preference for it to end. <laughs> we can have a preference to live in the light and, and live in remembering, but that's just not how things work. And, mm-hmm. and I know that at different times I've been like, I can't believe I'm still hooked by my inner critic. Mm-hmm. Just like, what is going on? I have done so much therapy, so much self-reflection, so much meditation, so many things, you know, to, mm-hmm. but really what I was trying to do was get rid of Yes. The inner critic. Exactly. <laughs> and so the motivation was to get rid of it. And so then when it kept popping up, I'm like, why are you still here? You know, that's just and the frustration that happens. But what what I've found is that those deeper patternings do continually come up. And I can sort of have the the view, oh, I thought I dealt with this, I'm there's something really wrong with me. Why, you know, I've had, I've spent so much time working on this. But actually, it's not that I haven't progressed in inverted commas, <laughs> but that I'm actually seeing it from a deeper, deeper level and a different angle. Yes. And, and so there's so much benefit in that because it liberates us every time, even though it's painful. Sometimes we can be really possessed in, in our conditioning and really, you know, and as we grow in awareness, that can be even more painful because we've got this, this observer that's going, I cannot believe that you're forgetting. Like, don't you know, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) What, why aren't you doing all your practices? Mm -hmm. But, but that there's, there's, there's actually a deepening happening and an opening happening 
that deeper connection to self that actually happens through seeing the same pattern in different ways. Yes, exactly. It's so funny because, you know, even talking about this, I feel like I've gone through so many cycles of this, right? So many perspectives of this, so many, so many times I've forgotten and remembering. It's just like this constant process. But yeah, I still get to points where I think we're good, right? Like I still get to points where I somehow buy into the solution. We're good. We're good. Yes. Like, you know, and then the next thing kind of surfaces. And I think when we forget ourselves, it's a really intense process. And, and like you said, I mean, there is a a gradient, right? Like, yes. you know, we can forget ourselves a little bit or we can forget ourselves a lot, right? And so, you know, depending on what pattern we're facing, what we're looking at, what we're surrendering to, what we're contemplating, right? It can be this really kind of mild forgetting where we just kind of lose ourselves for a little bit, or it can be this really intense forgetting where we're almost like another personality, right? Like we're, we're totally yeah. not ourselves and we're like, what is happening here? And so I think, just being able to talk about this, right, to embrace this, to explore this, to look at it from this level, I think this is a really important conversation because even a lot of people that I know who are, you know, well into the self-development field do a lot of work on themselves, they still beat themselves up when this surfaces, right? They still mm. struggle with the forgetting. And so I think, you know, this is so important because I don't feel like we talk about this enough in our circles to be like, this is normal. This is natural. This is just part of the process. This has a purpose. And yes. I think if we can embrace that, it's going to, it makes it, I don't know, I don't know if easier is the right word. Are yes. to more tolerable or yes. <laughs> something. Yes, absolutely. Like I wholeheartedly agree that if we could build a societal and cultural na narrative about the importance of difficulty and suffering, yes. <laughs> you know, like that, that is just not part of Instagram. It's not part of mm -hmm. even friendship conversations. It's not part of the narrative in society that we suffer and that we have difficulty yeah. and so what what can happen is then we suffer and have difficulty and we assume that there's something wrong with us yes you know why can't we just be stronger and more resilient like all of those other people right. but the reality is that we're under a delusion <laughs> that no one suffers yeah. except for us <laughs> and right. and and the reality is that we all have our to bear. We all have our challenges. We all have our points of activation, points of struggle. And, you know, like you said, sometimes it's little struggles. Sometimes it's like you're on your knees in that despair, but there's, there's very little conversation. And certainly when we were growing up, oh yeah, for sure. you know, just get over it. You're okay. Oh, there's nothing to be sad about. All of those, those kind of just very normal human responses to life we're told that they're wrong and they don't belong and so we then assume that we're doing something wrong or that something we're not able to handle this better and so then we start constructing I'm not going to feel difficulty and suffering anymore because that means that there's something wrong with me and then that's just too painful so I'm just going to do these other things so that I don't have to allow because it is really truly about allowing 
our suffering and difficulty without judgment and with a compassionate awareness, that is where the liberation comes from. Like I've definitely at different times thought I just want to be free to be me. And that really what I'm, what I'm actually working through is that that's actually just about allowing every experience to be there as it is with compassion. That is the practice. It's not about getting rid of the inner critic or getting rid of suffering and difficulty because it's not actually realistic. Yes. I love how you mentioned it as a practice because, you know, it's not, you know, this mission or this ultimate goal that we're looking for, right? It's a practice. And no matter how much, you know, how skilled you are, it's still a practice. We have to embrace it every day. We have to accept it. We have to practice with it. You know, it's not just something that we're going to arrive at like, oh, here we are. We're all self-developed and good, right? It's like every day it's a practice. And and I think, you know, if you drill it down, even in this, this idea of this podcast, right? Or this idea of remembering or reclaiming ourselves, right? I feel like so often people are trying to grasp like Mm. this kind of idea of empowerment or this idea of like, I'm going to find my amazing self, right? And yes, you are amazing, right? There is an amazing self, but it is about being with, it's not about being perfect. It's not about being amazing. It's not about being calm all the time. It is about embracing whatever shows up, whatever is there, whatever flows into your life, right? It's about being with all Mm -hmm. of those things with compassion. And, you know, that looks very, very different. Like, you know, in a lot of the Uh, studies I've done around trauma and different things, people will talk about how being activated, be having reactions is totally normal. Mm -hmm. And we are wired to have reactions and to, to react to other people's nervous systems, for instance, like our nervous systems talk to other people's nervous systems. If we aren't having an activation when other people are activated around us, that is not normal, right? That is suppression. That is trying to be something we're not. Now, what, you know, we can get skilled in is embracing that activation or embracing that reaction and then finding a way to be with it, right? Finding a way to navigate our nervous system, finding a way to regulate ourselves. And so like that is something we can get skilled in and practice with, but we are never going to be naturally at a place where like we're never activated. We're always zen. We're always calm. And I really think in the self-development world, world, like this is not really understood because so many people are still trying to be calm. And then when someone reacts in front of them, they're like, you know, they judge and they're like, oh, well, I'm just going to stay calm. Mm -hmm. Like that's the goal. And so I think this is a really important understanding that we need to have, that it's okay to be activated, that we're all going to be activated. That's just part of the process. And then we can practice being with that so that we're able to regulate more effectively. Yes. A hundred times. Yes. I totally and wholeheartedly agree. And just want to pull out the, the practice part, you know, that's so true. And, and even the ordinariness of this, You know, I think that sometimes we can feel, and I'm certain I'm talking for me, (laughs) that I just need one more therapy session, 
one more insight, one more book, one more training, one more great conversation, one more like flash of insight and then everything's going to be okay. But but it's actually not real. I mean, there can be moments of huge insight and huge remembering and spaciousness and that's all really wonderful. But really, it's actually very ordinary. It's a brick by brick, day by day, moment by moment practice. Yeah, I love that. So much of this striving, right, is rooted in the way that we've been trained or in the survival mechanisms that we have, right? And I don't think we realize how invasive these thoughts are, right? Like how much of our being is focused on getting ahead, on competing, on being the best of ourselves, right? Even though we might say, oh, I'm not competitive or I'm not trying to achieve anything for anybody else, that we struggle to be the best of ourselves, right? We're always kind of moving to this achievement, trying to be better, trying to be Mm. fixed, trying to be perfect, right? This idea is so rooted in everything, in every system, in every thought process, in every way we respond, And I don't think we really understand how deep it goes. Whereas when we start to look at just being with whatever comes, right? Not fixing it, not transforming it, not removing it, not becoming better over it, right? We just look at being with whatever's here. That's so foreign to the way that we look at the world. That's so foreign to the Mm -hmm. lens that we look through. You know, right now in the point in my life, I feel like I'm really in this, like deeply this, you know, not achieving, right? Like not being productive, being okay to just sit with where I'm actually at and not try to be anything else or transform myself or improve myself. And it is a friggin' struggle because it is yeah. like in every layer of my being. Yes, absolutely. And and I know like you and I are not new to this. Like we have been, you know, discussing this together and, you know, on our own personal journeys as well. And and I mean, I also am really in this too. And and I am I've just noticed ahead of every single episode for this podcast, it's like all of the shadowy materials is coming up for me to look at. And, and, you know, I have been absolutely deep in forgetting, you know, in the last few weeks, I got really sick, really, really sick. And yet I just was reading Buddhism books and all of this, which is all beautiful, but there was a desperation to it like please can I just get rid of this suffering I don't want to be sick this is inconvenient and don't you find that these things also do come up at inconvenient times as well we and then the resistance is just really um really up and and so it's gosh it's such a journey in humility such a journey in humility and the deep suffering that I've felt on a psychological, emotional and physical level in the last three weeks has been really, really peak. And I'm starting to, thankfully, having some more light come in as I've been really practicing surrendering to this moment and bringing compassion to this moment. And the little nuggets are coming through. So I, I w- if we would have spoken last week, I would have said, this is terrible. I just don't want this. And I've done, there's nothing that I've done. No personal developments worked, you know, yeah. all of that kind of thing. 
But now on the other side, you know, as I little little bits of light can be shine shine upon this experience, I have gained a deeper understanding of myself. And yeah. and so when we're in that real suffering or re- really possessed by our conditioning or, or in that deep forgetting, we just think there's no point that, you know, what's the point of this? I've done, you know, I have done all this work and nothing has actually worked. But as as you open to the experience and to what you're what you're experiencing internally with a little bit of acceptance so that compassion can come in, it's afterwards that you go, wow, gosh, I really have a deeper understanding of myself. And this is a really interesting pattern that I'm noticing in my times of greatest need, <laughs> like when I really, really need support and need to be on my own side, I have abandoned myself. <laughs> it's it's just such a pattern for me to, in, in the times of most need, to just really judge myself for suffering and and yeah. and really sort of see, oh, my gosh, I should be, you know, open and spacious and accepting and all of that. And And partly I think, it's it's because I sometimes see forgetting bad, remembering good, but mm-hmm. actually if I can deepen down to the truth below this that both exist and there's a part of me, a very the self, that can hold it all, it can hold yes. all of the ways that I'm constricted and misaligned and all of that and my openness and spaciousness they both exist and at the ground of this is the ground of being which is able to hold it all yes it so much reminds me of like the yin and yang symbol right right it's like these are two halves of one thing not like we want one thing and not the other because remembering is a part of forgetting and forgetting is a part of remembering and there there is like this really powerful place that you can hold it when you can hold both. And, you know, I was thinking as well, like, it's so amazing when you're able to recognize that this is life's process, right? And to create space for it. Because one of the things I've really struggled with in so much of my life is, you know, like so many other people, I busied myself. I filled my whole schedule. I, there was no time for forgetting, right? There was no, I didn't build in time to go through a process. And so then when something happened, right, when a reaction happened, when a sickness happened, when, you know, something, you know, fell upon me in my life, you know, there was no time to process it. There was no time to go through this, you know, natural unfolding so that I could remember again, everything was too busy. And I think when we understand that this is life's process, that reaction is going to be normal for the rest of our lives and that we need to slow down to build space in to, you know, move easily and move in difficulty, right? That is a really empowering process that changes the way we operate in the world and operate in our lives. Because the truth is, is that the remembering comes when we surrender to the forgetting. Totally. And surrendering requires space, right? If, we, if we're so filled up that every moment is pulling us forward, every moment is a have to, every moment is an obligation, there is no ability to surrender and therefore no ability to remember. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. So, so true. And when we are really busy, yeah, like you said, we just can't, it's just an inconvenience right. <laughs> that, that this is here. And so we just, well, I do just then could get busier because it's just like, oh gosh. This, and then we can feel like, oh, there's this darkness just waiting for me and <laughs> I better get busy so that I've just, but if we, if we can even dip down, you know, we, looking at ways and rituals of connection so that we can process as we go. And I know that sometimes when I'm in that remembering spaciousness and really productive time, I can just go with it 100 miles an hour. But what I'm really trying to do now is just get a little bit stronger rituals of connection to allow the space for what's actually present, which, you know, can be really difficult emotions, can be overwhelm, all of that kind of thing, so that we can continue to connect with ourselves so that we don't wait to, to a crisis point yes. um, all of the time. <laughs> yes, yes. It's funny, I was just reading Richard Schwartz's book, The No Bad Parts, like he wrote yeah. this book. Oh, it's one of my favorite books. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good book. And, you know, I love this this thing he talks about in the introduction because he, he talks about how you know, so many people came to him for therapy when they were at this crisis point, right? Like something major happened. And other than that, they felt like they were successful. They were moving through life. And then they finally had this moment, right? When a crisis happened where some light could get through the cracks of their protective foundations. And then he he has this line that I think is really important. He says, those can be wake-up call events. If I can help them keep the striving, the materialistic, the competitive parts of them that had dominated their lives from reclaiming dominance, they can explore what's inside of them. I can really feel that or this powerful visual, right, is that we wait until we have these major crises for the light to come in, for the crack to come in, right? Because we spent our whole lives with these protective parts dominating every moment to be busy, to be materialistic, to be productive, to be successful. And we don't allow any of the integration. We don't allow any of our essential self parts to come through. You know, that's such a, an important thing to realize. And when we create space, and, you know, I think we've talked about this many times in this podcast, when we create space, things naturally come up. I mean, hmm. remembering is our nature. Like, and so is forgetting, right? Forgetting and the activation is also our nature, but remembering is also our nature. And so if we allow space, the parts of ourselves that want to be integrated, the parts of ourselves that want to be heard, the parts of ourselves that want to be acknowledged, they naturally surface. And I think that's one reason why we all run, why we all, mm. you know, are on the rat wheel, why we all are busy all the time is that we don't know how to face those parts. We don't know how to acknowledge and look at those parts in so many ways because we've been conditioned that they're bad parts right? Yes. That all of these things inside of us that are there, the grief or the anger or the feelings that are there or the the patterns that are at play that we don't appreciate or like, we consider them bad parts. And because of that, we don't know how to navigate them. We don't know how to deal with them, right? 
I really feel like the the key to the world is raising emotional intelligence, right? Like, like mm-hmm. that's the key to every single thing that's happening in the world. Like that is like the solution because when people embrace their emotions, they embrace all parts of themselves. They wake up to their compassion. They wake up to their connection. Mm-hmm. I think that is going to be a really, really amazing world. Um, but it's very interesting you know, how we're functioning in the world today and how, you know, clueless we are about our own bodies, right? Our own systems and how we work. Yes, uh, I agree. I really do think emotions are the portal to everything. And I really do love that book as well. IFS is just, I I love, love that work so much. And and when we come to have intimacy with our little in, in, inner family, as internal family systems talk about, we can really just naturally build compassion because, you know, and I've got, I've sort of, as I do, mapped out my internal family, what, what I know of it. I love it. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's, I've got a very strong destroyer part that just cuts everything, you know. And that destroyer part is is there when I'm under heightened threat. My nervous system is like alarms mm-hmm. are ringing and it's like a collapse response, you know. I don't, I, you cannot take anything more on. Um, you just need to surrender into whatever is, is present. And, of course, I might have a preference for the destroyer not to be here and I might even say that's wrong, I don't like the destroyer, but ultimately it's an innocent part that's just trying to help me stay okay. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and then there's other parts, there's empowering parts that's saying you can do it and, you know, and so that can create a bit of internal conflict as we do have Mm -hmm. competing parts and that sort of thing. But as we start to sort of, recognize that we've all got different parts in in us and as we can start building a relationship with those inner parts we empower ourselves greatly and we just can access so much compassion because these parts happen because we were struggling and we needed support and we you know that was it was so innocent and so beautiful and so intelligent Mm-hmm. And and once we start to understand more about what's happening in, in our inner world and become friends with that, then we, we experience greater liberation, I think. Yeah, 100%. And definitely my experiences when we have compassion with our inner parts, it automatically it's, extends empathy and compassion to everyone else's parts, right? And so often when we're judging someone else or we're reacting to someone else, we're activated by someone else, it's because that part inside of ourselves has not felt the compassion, right? We've not had self-compassion for that part or we want to get rid of it or, you know, there's something that's triggered in us that we haven't looked at. But when we embrace all of our parts, it's so easy to embrace everyone else's parts and I just think that's so, so important, you know, and I think, you know, turning that back around as well, not only do we forget and remember, but so does everyone else, 
right? It's so easy, I think, as well, sometimes when we're on the self-development journey to be like, okay, I need more self-compassion. Yes, I forget and remember. And then our partner does something and we're like, how could you do that? How could you do that? Aren't you more aware? Like, why aren't you more aware? Like, how many times have we been through this process? But they forget and remember too. And that's the natural process. And I think that, you know, it, this is really helpful when we really get this, when we really kind of understand this, to be able to extend that kind of love and understanding to others. Because, yeah. you know, especially people who aren't as into self-development or who haven't done as much work or, you know, even if they have, right, we all forget and remember. Mm -hmm. And so it's being able to, to look at everybody with some grace to say, oh, they're in there forgetting and that's okay. And then, yes. you know, hopefully they'll find the path to remembering, but, you know, we can hold a space and compassion for that. Yes. And it's not up to us to solve them, <laughs> yes. you know, like that, that's just such a natural um, response, especially as we're on the path and we sort of know, you know, we know a lot about personal development and growth too, then, you know, share, you just need to, and I am so, I mean, so guilty of this <laughs> myself, but I just really, and I'm very aligned to your emotional intelligence, um, you know, the importance of that, and this is this is so related, is our ability to hold space for others in forgetting and remembering that will change the world. If we could just have, you know, if we could all build our compassionate presence to be with others, in particularly in their suffering, yes. and not make them wrong, Yes. not make their experience wrong and we make it wrong by trying to fix them or positive over it oh. or whatever. But if we can just hold space for whatever's present, including the suffering and darkness yes. and know that it's actually, it's just like fertilizer for them. It's actually perfect. You know, of course we can have a preference to deeply want to alleviate their suffering and we can do different compassion practices to support them and ask them what what can we do to support you it's not saying that we absolve responsibility or don't care but it, we care by showing them that they're okay we're here for them we can hold space for them and we don't we're not worried that they're in suffering and darkness we we yes. we can hold that because we love them we believe in them and we know that that exists in us too and and I really have felt a you know really a big change in my ability to hold space for others since I can hold not all the time hold space for my own difficulty yeah. as that grows I can I can do that more easily with others yes and that is it it's the capacity to hold the darkness in ourselves or hold the forgetting or hold the activation or, you know, however you want to label it, you know, when we're able to hold that, it is so much easier to hold others. And I think often when we want to so desperately alleviate someone else's suffering, it's actually for me a red flag to look at what is it that I am trying to avoid in myself, right? What do I not want to feel that they're feeling? You know, so sometimes we do this with grief, right? Someone experiences such deep grief in our presence. And instead of being able to hold that for them, we tell them, oh, it's going to be fine. You'll find someone mm -hmm. else or over time it will lessen or whatever we do because we have avoided the grief inside of us from someone we lost or something that we've lost. And, and so I think that's in so many ways while we're, afraid 
to hold others in their darkness or in their challenge or in their suffering is because we haven't really held ourselves. Absolutely. And what a gift we can give the world, our friends, our loved ones, if we can build our capacity to be with our own suffering and therefore be able to be with theirs. Like this is a lifelong journey. This is not a course that it's one and done. Yeah. This is a yeah. lifelong, like you said, practice Practice to keep coming back to holding space for our own difficulty and therefore being able to hold space for the suffering of others. And through being able to do that, we give them the gift of our belief in them. Yes. And it's not easy. Like, you know, in particular, I find it's really challenging with family, right? It's really hard to allow your family to sit in their suffering, especially um, especially your kids. Like, at least this is for me, like my kids is the most challenging piece for me to allow suffering for them. It can be really difficult, but I think it's a it's really important in this process to recognize that we're all going through that and the more we can hold of others and hold in ourselves, the more powerful it is. I feel like this is so helpful just to kind of embrace and understand this process of forgetting and remembering and to just acknowledge how natural it is and that it's this cyclical process that we're going to experience for the rest of our lives. <laughs> I feel like that's, you know, that's a powerful piece of it. As we wrap up for today, Belinda, is there anything that you'd like to kind of finish off with in terms of this topic? Yeah, I just I just wanted to sort of say when we're when we're aware, like after we've listened to this and we're we're aware that we you know maybe been hooked by our conditioning, we're in that forgetting place, that it's really natural for us to resist that and you know to judge ourselves for being in that place and everything like that. Um, that is actually just part of the process, and we can even welcome our resistances to what's what's present and, and acknowledge that we'd prefer things to not be like they are or even acknowledge that this is really hard at the moment with our hands on our heart. But I just thought in closing I'd share this um, this quote by Matt Licata, who's got some beautiful books, um, particularly I think useful in that forgetting place, um, even though you might maybe reading a book is not always the right <laughs> thing. That's just my strategy. <laughs> okay, so this is by Matt. We no longer need feelings to go away, but want to know them more fully, to infuse them with curiosity, warmth and presence. We are no longer willing to turn away from our feelings and sensitivity, to attack our own vulnerability, to bail out of our bodies or to meet the inner world with violence and aggression. Even if we do not like what appears, we begin to sense that it too has a place in the large inner ecology of what we are, somehow intelligently arising here as part of our work and our art. Mm, I love that. And I really love this idea, like it so aligns with my values and philosophy that everything inside of us is intelligent. Yes. It all has a purpose, a mission, something it's trying to do in an intelligent way. And when we when we can embrace that, then we can look at it with curiosity to be like, ooh, what does this part want to say or what is this piece of us trying to, to accomplish? But recognizing that all of it is intelligent 
is a really powerful step. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Well, thank you for such a great topic today, Belinda. And thank you to all of our listeners for, for being here. And we will see you next week. Bye, everyone. Hi, it's Belinda. I hope you were able to get some little nuggets of wisdom or maybe some seeds of compassion through this episode. If you'd like to learn more about this topic, you can sign up to my newsletter at belindahan.com. Have an amazing day and I hope to see you next time.